Welcome to the All People's Church Sunday podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more messages and resources, please visit allpeoples.com or download our free All People's Church app. Good morning. The music is an experience to walk up to. Hey, um... Last service, I said it sounded like I should be coming from Texas for that, but then I got some weird looks from the people from Texas, so I don't think it was relevant. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm the uh, pastor of the college movement here at All Peoples, and really, uh, really excited to preach today. And, um, uh, you know, it's community month right now, and it's a time where we're really pressing in as a church into relationship together, friendships, family together. And uh, today I want to talk to you on a topic that's related because I feel like God's really calling us to another level of friendship in particular. So I'd like to talk to you about the power of faith-filled friends. Um, So you're probably not aware, but today is actually a life-altering moment for you. And and in the world, history is going to change right now because uh, if you could show that hashtag up front, what what does that stand for? Best friend. Well, as of right now, we're changing it. And I expect this to be a worldwide trending hashtag by the end of the week. Uh, we're going to change it to BFFFFF. Uh, so it's going to be best faith-filled friends forever from now on. So, uh, you know, as we post about each other, I'd like to, I'm going to be checking up on you this week. Best faith-filled friends forever. Amen? That's the end of the message. Now, I want to start by just saying, listen, uh, God designed us. So we were actually created. Uh, we were pieced together in a certain way. And because of that, there's certain environments that we thrive in, and there's certain environments where we don't thrive uh, as a result of how God has made us. So just like uh, if you take a seed, and you take a perfectly healthy seed, and you, but if you don't give that seed good soil, good water, good sunlight, it's going to struggle to grow and to develop as it's supposed to, as it was designed to. And the same is actually true for us as Christians that uh, if we're not in the right environment where we have godly friendships around us, faith-filled friends that surround us, we will actually struggle to grow and to thrive and to become what we were actually designed to become in Christ. And so uh, that's really the foundation of the, the word today is that that God wants to surround us with faith-filled friendships, and he did not design us to be alone. He did not design us to walk through life alone. Uh, you, we all know the, the, the great parable Jesus tells about the good shepherd who is watching over 100 sheep, and one sheep walks off on its own, and what does the good shepherd do but leaves the 99 sheep who are all surrounded with each other and thriving and doing well, to go after the one sheep that is now alone and needs to be rescued and brought back into the fold where all the other sheep are so that he can watch over the whole unit together. And, you know, we know the, we, we know the animal channel. We know the danger of walking out by yourself. Uh, I'll always remember watching the animal channel one day, and it was about elephants. Very exciting stuff, and... Uh, there was a herd, I should have confirmed this between services. Is it called a herd of elephants? Does anyone know? Okay, thank you. 
Somebody knows. They're following this helicopter overhead view of all these elephants. And, and it looks so sweet. They're all walking in one direction. But then it starts zooming out. Wider and wider. And then you see this baby elephant like a mile from its parents. And it's walking the wrong direction. And then it keeps going out. And then there's this like pack of like jackal hyena. I don't know what they were. Just this nasty pack uh, that were tracking down the baby elephant. And then it went to commercial. And you know what's going to happen, right? Uh, you know, when, when you get apart from that environment that's safe and healthy and strong, it's just a dangerous, vulnerable place to be, which is why Jesus comes after those who are alone, those who are not uh, surrounded by friendship and family. And that's what the church is. That's what we're building here as All People's Church, that we would be, uh, you know, that family together. Now, I also found some proof this week that we definitely need friends. Uh, so... I was reading up on it, and it was pretty fascinating. They've actually documented scientifically that adults who have strong social support around them have a reduced risk of significant health problems, including depression, high blood pressure, and unhealthy body mass index. Um, People with a wide network of friends have less tension suffer less stress, have stronger immune defenses, and lived longer. Just to pitch the concept, they lived longer. So you can see that friendship even affects our physical health, the longevity of our lives. They did a study and found, scientists found that friends, when you hang out with friends, it tends to fire up your nervous system. When a friend touches you on the shoulder or you laugh together, it results in a rush of endorphins that they have found that tunes up your immune system, which actually helps fight off disease better. Uh, And then these stats are insane. Those with good friends outlive those that don't by 20%. And studies have shown that there's a 50% increase odds of survival over diseases if you have a close, strong network of friends around you during that time. That is insane. So, we, you know, we see, obviously, man, friendships are so important to all of us, not only emotionally, spiritually, as we're going to talk about, but uh, uh, even uh, physically and health and longevity of life. Uh, we're going to read about five faith-filled friends in the Bible, and we're going to learn a lot from these guys. Uh, I think it's inspiring for us, and uh, I'm going to read out of Mark chapter 2. In verse 1, it says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. And a little bit later, verse 11, Jesus says to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. 
And so uh, we're going we're gonna to pull out of this story some of the things we can learn about what friendship, godly friendship really looks like. Uh, for the sake of telling these stories, I'm going to refer to those four guys as friend number one, number two, number three, and number four. And we decided last service we named the paralyzed guy Lenny. So that's going to be Lenny. I apologize if your name's Lenny, um, but we're running with that. So uh, now the first point I'd like to point out here uh, that we can see with these five friends is that friends go together. Meaning, godly friendships actually are on mission together. Godly friendships actually have a purpose to them, even more than just having something in common, maybe watching a game together, maybe uh, having a nice time, common interest. They are actually on mission together. So godly friendships that we need to seek out actually have another layer to them that we wouldn't typically find in maybe the world's friendships, which is we're on mission. And those friends, you know, friend one, two, three, and four were on a mission for Lenny's life. They were on that mission. They unified together. They had this purpose, and they went and did something of purpose together. I was talking to a pastor uh, this year who I asked some advice. I said, hey, listen, how do, you, how do you grow life groups the best way possible? How do you make a thriving church just grow and blow up? What do you do? You know, he said uh, friendship is a key piece of it. And he said, but the key is you don't want to just have the goo. You know, like gooey friendships, just gooey. It's all the nice relationship stuff going on. It feels good. It's gooey. It's sticky. You know, we're, we're friends. We're friends. The love, the love. He said, the goo's good, but unless you have the go, it's not going to thrive. So our friendships that we're called to are actually not just to have the goo, but to have the go. Tell your neighbor, I need the goo and the go. I feel like we should stand up and sing Lean on Me or something just to wake everybody up. I'm going to pull that out at some point if I don't get more response from you. So get ready to sing. Warm up your, your voice and your swaying hips. Here, let's do something. So, uh, a lot of times we look at our relationship with Jesus as a very individual relationship, and that's true in a lot of sense. But I'm going to ask real quick, can I have 13 guys please come and stand right here? I need a bunch of you. Run up here real quick. There we go. That's a man. All right, you're going to be Jesus for us, all right? So you stand right here and face that way. 13 guys, I need you standing over here. We got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I need two more. 11, 12, we're good. Hey, we can have, yeah, we're good. Come on, guys. All right, don't stand in a line. Just kind of group up right here together. This is, this is Jesus Christ for the sake of the analogy, all right? All right. Some people think about their relationship with Jesus like this. Can I have one of you here? Come, come walk with Jesus. Take a walk, Jesus. And you're going to walk with Jesus. It's just you and Jesus, right? This is how people talk about their relationship. It's just, look at this. It's a thriving, amazing relationship. Okay, come on back. Now, that's totally true, right, that we have this personal, amazing encounter with Jesus directly every day. It's awesome. He's our best friend. He walks with us. Very true. But when you look in the Bible, these guys walked around together, okay? And even though they had an individual relationship with Jesus, they also had this mob thing going on where they were all friends together. So Jesus, I'd like you to walk with your disciples. And as Jesus walks 
uh, you know, whenever he does something, you do it as well. So if you could do something as you walk, look, look at that. Look at these guys. There we go. There we go. That's good. Now, this is what church, this is our model. Jesus, come back this way. Come back this way, Jesus. Walk the other way. Perfect. You're, you're doing great. Keep moving. Keep doing your thing. <laughs> okay, let's give him a hand. They did great. And thank you for the music. We didn't have the music the first service. That was a game changer. The thing is that a lot of Christians these days uh, do view it as an individual relationship, and I just don't think it's biblical. I believe that we've been called into a relationship with Jesus Christ, but right when we do that, we've now entered into this uh, church, family, brothers and sisters on either side of us. We're actually meant to, be, we're meant to walk down the street in a mob. You know, that's intimidating, actually. <laughs> Thirteen guys walking down the street together, you don't mess with that. But that's the experience that we get to have in Jesus. We come to Christ, and we don't realize we've just been called into not only to him, but also this horizontal relationship. And our goal here at the church is, as you come to Christ, this vertical relationship with Jesus, that you would also be pursuing these horizontal relationships because you need them, and because you're a part of them already. So get in on it. So let's eliminate the individual kind of isolated solo Christian thing, because it's not biblical. We're actually called to community, we're called to relationship, towards covenant, relationships, brotherhood, sisterhood together, and it's amazing. Um, you know, the goal, uh, you know, why do we want everyone to be part of a life group? Because a life group is, you know, a group of friends on mission together. A life group is a place where you're meant to make friends and build relationships, and we have a mission that we're on together. We also have a dream to plant over a thousand churches from all people's church. And do you know that essentially what the, the desire is, is that we would have groups of friends go plant churches. Groups of friends go plant churches. So you and your closest friends, let's go plant a church. That's our dream. That's what we're doing in South Africa right now. In fact, I'm taking a college team. We're heading there at 1 a.m. tonight. Uh, we're going to go help, help them launch the church for a couple weeks. It's going to be awesome. So be praying for us. It's going to be great. Um, but, you know, our, our desire is to have these groups of friends uh, doing the ministry, doing the mission together. And I can tell you uh, that the pastors here are friends, and it's so much better to do ministry with friends than it is to do ministry as a job, you know, or to do ministry as I've got a, a duty. Man, to do ministry with friends is amazing. To serve Jesus with friends is, is incredible. And, you know, God's very strategic that he actually puts us in certain regions to live in certain places at certain times. It says in Acts 17 that God has created all men of all nations, and he actually determines the appointed time that they will live and where they will live. So God is sovereign. The fact that you're in this room is a sovereign move of God to bring you here. The per, you know, the person you're sitting with, the, the friends, the relationships you've built are actually designed by God. God has actually brought our team together. I'm going to talk about our team a lot today because uh, it's exciting when you see God bringing relationships together for his purposes. It's, it's, it's amazing. C.S. Lewis says, I think we'll have the quote up for you. 
but I'll read it. It says, in friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised or not raised at a first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, you have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. How awesome is that? You know, and I would have you turn to the person next to you and say, God has chosen us for each other, but that might be a little risky for some of you. I'll let you pray about that before you say, God has chosen us for one another. But listen, friendships in Christ are different than friendships in the world. I was looking back on, on my deepest friendships in my life, and you know what? A lot of my deepest friendships have been with people I don't have a lot in common with. But we have Jesus in common, and we're on mission together. And it's the most reliable, loyal, amazing relationships I have. You know, we might not have all of the same, you know, little activities we want to do day by day, etc. We might be a little different, you know. Uh, but man, the depth of relationship is, is incredible because it's built on Jesus Christ. So we don't have everything in common, but we do have one thing in common, and that's Jesus. So, you know, the second thing I saw in this is that friends conquer together what they can't conquer alone. And, you know, Lenny couldn't get to Jesus by himself in this scenario. In fact, I don't think friend number one could do it by himself. He needed to get friend number two, and he had to go get friend number three, and they had to go get friend number four to lift Lenny and go achieve something. Not only that, after they figured out that problem, they got there, and the crowd was so big they couldn't get inside. And this is the amazing thing about being with godly, faith-filled friends, is that you, you get to experience some exciting things in Jesus, and you get to spend your time doing things that you wouldn't do by yourself, playing PlayStation and such. See, one of the, friend number two, right when they saw the crowd, he's like, let's go home, man. I got to go back to my, my PlayStation. That's what he said. Friend number one, though, said, I have an idea. Why don't we tear a hole in the roof? And he looked at friend number three. He was really ripped and strong. I don't know what it looked like, but <laughs> that's what I'm imagining in my head. Listen, this wasn't like, hey, tomorrow at 4 o'clock, guys, we're going to go meet together and get Lenny and then go tear a hole in a roof. This is like four, this is five friends in relationship together who love each other, care about each other, saying we're going to get Lenny to Jesus, whatever it takes. Let's figure this out. And they're, you know, one of the guys might be having a bad day. One of the guys might be having a faith-filled day. I don't know. But the amazing thing about being in a group of friends that are faith-filled and godly and pursuing Jesus is that you get you get called into things. You get challenged. You get to say, hey, friend number two, stop, stop sitting around at your house. We got to go help Lenny today, man. Get up. I know you're sulking because the girl dumped you last week, but get up. We got to go help Lenny. You guys love Lenny? <laughs> okay. Listen, there's just some things we can't overcome by ourselves. There's some things that we can't overcome by ourselves. There's certain things in our lives all the time, that we need friends. We need friends to come and pray with us, to pray over us, to challenge us, to call us out, to tell us off, 
to get us back on track, to keep moving forward, to say, hey, let's try this instead, to say, hey, let's go to, the, let's go to South Africa. You know, let's go on this trip. I was watching this happen with all of our mission trips. You know, friends call, come on, man, let's do this. And he's like, no, I don't want to. Uh, but they keep talking, let's do this. We're going. Me and such and such and such. We're all going, man. You got to come too. You get called into things you wouldn't normally do if you're alone as well. And, you know, I love the NBA. I know that there's not a lot, a lot of NBA fans in the church because I've been looking for you. And I, I just want to publicly say I forgive you all for not loving the NBA. You're welcome. Uh, now, the thing I love about the NBA is that they say regular season games, you can win a good amount of games if you have a one all-star on your team, like a one just mega person. But if you want to win in the playoffs, when it counts, you have to have a team. You have to have a whole, strong, deep bench. You need a lot of people to pull it off. Because when it counts, you can't just win with one all-star. You need a team. And I think Jesus, you know, has called us to be that team together where you can't achieve the things that really count in the kingdom and to take territory for Jesus Christ by yourself. But when, man, when you get surrounded by those friends and the family and the godly relationships, you can go conquer nations. You can go do things you can never do alone. You know, number three, having faith-filled friends brings personal breakthrough. So you're going to see a lot of personal breakthrough, and it's central to your spiritual health and spiritual growth. I was really amazed as I was preparing this, thinking back on almost every spiritual breakthrough I've had in my life was the result of friendship. And to give you some examples, I mean, first of all, when I, when I first encountered Jesus, I was alone. I didn't know any Christians that were really going for it. And I struggled for about a year and a half trying to do the me and Jesus thing. I got invited to a life group at Mustang Village, which is across the street from Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Got invited to this crusty old apartment, Mustang Village. And it's the first time I met. There was about 10 or 12 people in there. But man, these four guys, I remember the four. There was these four guys that I had never met anybody like them before. I never heard anybody talk about God like they did. Uh, I was just you know, so convinced, these, this is what I've been looking for. Like, how do you have that? I want what you have. Uh, so that, you know, I started having friendship. And from that day on, my life in Jesus has skyrocketed from a couple relationships and eating a couple sandwiches at lunch together. I mean, amazing, the turnaround in my own life. And I was thinking through almost every spiritual breakthrough I've had, you know, experiencing the Word of God for the first time was the result of me and my friend Joel, who had a giant goatee and a good guy. We were really good friends. We were talking one day, and uh, we, were, we were like, man, we never read the Bible. <laughs> and we're like, why don't we ever read the Bible? We act like we do. You know, we're having one of those conversations. And we're like, let's change it. You know, we just got out of school for the year, and it was summertime, so we said, all right, Every day through this whole summer, we're going to meet at 6 a.m. at this coffee shop, and we're going to stay there and read till 8. That was our, our goal, not knowing how hard that would be. Um, but we also committed, if the other guy doesn't show up at 6, you have the permission to go to their house and pour water on them in bed, which, which happened to us both once. Um, but we were there the rest of the summer. We made it every day. And uh, I just can't tell you how much that transformed my life. Uh, we'd read the Bible for an hour and a half, and then we'd 
say go, and we'd, we'd walk separate directions and pray for a half hour. That was our, our strategy. But the point is, that was, a, that was a friendship that drove that for me, and I wouldn't have done that by myself. And it was an incredible summer for me that changed my life. I learned to pray the same way. Me and my friend Cameron, we were having a similar conversation one day after we visited this church that just prayed like we had never seen. And we're like, man, we don't know how to pray at all, do we? And we're like, how much do you really pray, Cameron? And he asked me, (laughs) and I was like, I really don't ever, like three or four minutes maybe in the morning might happen. We're like, we got to change this. So we got permission to use the church office at 6 a.m., which was a terrible decision, just concrete, cold office in the morning. But man, twice a week, 6 a.m., we'd show up and try to pray, and half the time we'd fall asleep halfway through, and it was cold and hard, and we didn't know what we were doing, but I learned to pray. I also had a group of friends. There was about 10 of us. Uh, this was, these are, none of these are church-ordained events, right? Uh, a group of about 10 of us who every Wednesday night, we would go to, go to my friend's apartment. Uh, we had a box of shakers and like drums and stuff. And a few of us would bring guitars and we'd worship. Sometimes it would be one hour together. Sometimes it would be six hours. Sometimes we'd bring in guest worship leaders. We thought we were big time. Like, I'm bringing somebody who actually does this. Um, you know, but man, we worshiped God together and we, we encountered God so powerfully. It's the first time I was ever prophesied over in one of those worship meetings. We didn't even know what that was. You know, we were just discovering God together, uh, you know, learning to seek God every day. Praying for the sick was with friends for the first time. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was just a friend praying for me. Uh, you know, when we were learning to evangelize, we used to go down to a farmer's market every Thursday night and with the, some friends and we did, you know, just share Jesus for a few hours with people. That's how I learned how to evangelize. And first, first person I learned to, uh, led to Jesus was on a beach, just with some friends, talking to people about Jesus, and I finally got one. It was awesome. I also learned how to pursue girls with my friends. And uh, you, <laughs> you need help, guys. You can't do that alone. It is uncharted territory for every man. We don't know what we're doing. And we need friends. Girls, you need friends around you as you pursue guys. We need, we need friendships, and you're going to get so much bad advice. It's great. Um, and you got to sift through that stuff, right? But you're going to get that godly advice from some of your friends, and it'll change your life. I, I, I will always remember when I was pursuing a girl, <laughs> and uh, I made that brilliant decision on my own. I'm definitely going after this girl. And one of my really close friends, like, pulled me aside, and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that girl is not for you, man. And I don't need to build the case why, but he made a pretty strong case, which helped me actually, you know, steer clear of that pursuit. And it saved a ton of heartache. And my wife was cheering in the last service because, you know, that helped me find my wife. So, you know, another thing uh, was overcoming sin. Me and, me and about five friends, we used to meet on Saturday mornings at my friend's house for tea. <laughs> and I laugh. I always made fun of him because he actually, he just loved tea, so he'd always make us tea. And I'm like, this is not like a good men's meeting. So, like, we need, like, bread or something. Cinnamon rolls, pancakes. 
But yeah, we would meet for tea every Saturday morning. Uh, but over a six-month period, uh, you know, the reason we were meeting is because as friends, we were talking a lot about just the sins that we were struggling with, and we needed, we wanted to overcome them, and it was, we were stuck, all of us. And so we started confessing the sins that we had in our lives to each other. That's intense, right? That's a different level of relationship. But man, we would pray for each other, we'd share what was going, and we all saw tremendous breakthrough, amazing breakthrough in a six-month period. So, you know, I can go on and on, but man, friendships uh, were so fundamental in almost every spiritual breakthrough I've ever had. And I just want to encourage you to pursue friendships because the results are, uh, are staggering, really. I was so sad this week as I, as I read about um, what's going on in America right now. They've done some surveys lately. They've actually found uh, in the United States, 7% of people claim they do not have even one close friend. That equals, in, if my math is fairly close, 22,400,000 people in the U.S. Don't, would say they don't even have one close friend. In the San Diego County, in our area, that's 228,000 people that would say they don't have one close friend. They've also found that uh, zero is the most common response when people are asked how many confidants they have. And that number has tripled since 1985. The amount of, they call it isolated, like socially isolated people has tripled since 1985. So, you know, we have a real um, opportunity to bring Jesus uh, into our lives and to our community as well. Um, you know, the fourth thing I, I see in this is that true friends bring you before Jesus even when you can't do it. Even when you don't have the strength to go to Jesus, uh, these, these four friends carried Lenny to Jesus, right? And it's incredible when you have friends. I remember, I'll always remember the first day I was sitting at lunch with a man. We were having lunch together eating a steak sandwich. And he looked at me and was like, Jason, I've been praying for you. Like these days, I hear that all the time. Then I hadn't heard that in my entire life. For 20, you know, I was 20 years old. I'd never heard any, especially a guy, tell me he had been thinking about me and praying for me. And it, it was so awe-inspiring for me. Like, what? He, like, prayed for me? <laughs> and he shared something with me. He felt God had for me. And, uh, you know, Friends bring you before Jesus even when you're not even doing that. And so I attribute a lot of the personal breakthrough I've had to the fact that I've had a lot of people praying for me a lot. A lot of people bringing me before Jesus before I even knew it. My grandma was bringing me before Jesus. You know, a bunch of you, you dig back into grandmas. And they were praying for you way before uh, you even knew it. Uh, but, you know, true friends uh, lift each other up. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, For if they fall... One will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And so, you know, God's calling us to not be alone, because uh, you don't be you don't want to be the woe part of that scripture. Amen. I heard somebody say, uh, <laughs> if you want to know if you've been successful in friendship, when you die, make sure you have enough close friends to act as pallbearers. That you, <laughs> I was like, that's kind of a depressing way to put it. <laughs> You need four friends to carry you. I'll just go, let's go with the, the, the Lenny analogy instead. Four friends to carry you to Jesus for miracles when you need them. Okay. Number five, friends have faith for miracles when you don't have it. 
the, the, the great part about this scripture that we read is these five guys get in front of Jesus. They dig the hole. They, you know, they lower Lenny in front of Jesus Christ. It says Jesus saw their faith. I don't know what their means. I don't know if that means he saw Lenny's faith and, he, and you know, forgave him of his sins, healed him, or if he means friend number one had the faith for it or friend number three did. I don't know if three of them did, four, you know. Two, I, I guarantee all five didn't because we all know we have bad days, right? <laughs> some, some days we believe, some days we don't believe at all. <laughs> and the amazing thing about faith-filled friendships is that people can have faith for things that you don't have faith for yourself. Uh, you know, and being around faith-filled people will change your life because they'll, they'll have faith for things for you that you can't even see yet. Like, you can't, you're blind to it. I had Robert, our pastor, who's a great, very close friend of mine, obviously, and uh, a few months ago, he, he said, Jason, this is, I've been praying for you, and this is a year God's going to give you a house. Okay, for me, uh, I mean, for some people, maybe that's like, cool, yeah, buy a house. For me, I'm like, we will never own a house. That's impossible, you know, much less in San Diego, right? Do you live here? San Diego. Okay. I don't know. One year ago, two, sorry, two years ago, we had minus $8,000. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not a good position to start from to try to buy a house. Uh, anyway, three months ago, Robert, every time he sees me, he's like, this is your year of the home. This is, you're getting a house. And I'm like looking at him like, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> like I'm trying to act spiritual. I'm like, yeah, yes, pastor. I will have a house. I'm with you. I'm dreaming for it. I'm praying. And I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, but it was funny because after he kept saying that to me and then some of the other pastors were saying similar things to me and uh, I started telling people, man, this is so awesome to have this experience where all these people around me have faith for something that I have zero faith for. But it was starting to make me at least maybe consider that it might be possible, Right started to kind of inch up my faith a little bit. Long story short, we're in escrow right now, which is so cool. Um, and that's, I, I honestly believe it's, a, it's my friends praying over us, seriously. And, uh, you know, God, God did crazy stuff, like financially and in business and different stuff that made it, made it possible. Just a great testimony of God's miraculous power. It's awesome. We were asking God for a place for, you know, I lead the college ministry, and I'm like, we need, we need a place that can fit more than three people in our living room, and we want to use it for him, and, you know, so cool, but, you know, I've also been encouraged this year to form a prayer shield. Have you done this? You grab four, five people around you that you say, I want you to be part of my prayer shield. Whenever I need something, you know, and I'm asking God and need a miracle, or even at a moment's notice, can you be one on my prayer shield to pray for me when I need it? You know, and find those confidants that you can say, pray with me right now. Something's going down and I need you to pray. You know, so uh, having those friends that have faith for miracles is so powerful. Number six, true friends are committed to helping you grow spiritually. Like this is a different kind of friendship. When, when we care for each other and actually care and hope and dream that you would grow to be the man you're going to be or the woman you're going to be. And that we would help in that. And something I noticed in the story about uh, the paralyzed man, it is, it's always perplexed me. I, you know, these four guys drag Lenny, dig a hole. He's 
paralyzed, put him in front of Jesus. Jesus says, I saw you, you know, because I see your faith, Lenny, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> and then it seems like Jesus is going to like move on if you read that chapter. And I'm like, he's paralyzed. <laughs> he's paralyzed. And I, I suddenly realized this week, uh, preparing this, that I actually think the four friends' main goal was to get Lenny saved. I actually think they saw even beyond the paralysis and said, Lenny needs, he doesn't know Jesus. He, has not, his sin, he hasn't been forgiven of his sins. He needs to get right with God. Like, that's our goal for Lenny, and we want to see him healed too. But that's the kind of friendships that we're called into to care for each other, spiritualize, not just the, the, you know, the outward stuff, but man, I want, to, you know, I want to see you saved. I want to see you raised up. I want to see you become the man you're called to be. That's good stuff. You know, what a great friend that is. So their first desire was for their friend's sins to be forgiven. And you know, number seven, your friends will form you as well. You know, your friends will form you. Uh, it says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. And so, you know, friendships are actually designed, if you ask that question, how am I supposed to grow up spiritually? The prescribed strategy for spiritual growth is friendship. If you want to be formed, yes, get discipled. Yes, be pastored. Yes, go to life group. Yes, attend church. But you know what you also need? You need friendships around you to sharpen and form you and, and make you into that shape you're called to be. How many of you want to get in shape? I'm always amazed too by the amazing advice I get from friends that's shaped my life and still do even in these past months as we were pursuing buying a house you know some of your friends are your family they will be your faithful friends around you my daughter uh, is eight years old her name's Naomi and she's one of my faithful friends all right so we uh, we were really excited because we actually made a bid on a house a couple months ago and uh, our bid got accepted and so we had 30 days to make a decision if we're going to do it or not and uh Naomi runs up to me about five days after we got accepted. She's like, Dad, can I have your, can I have your phone? And I hand it to her, and uh, she types this note to me. It says, she hands it back, and it says, Sorry, Dad, but Jesus was talking to me and said we're probably not going to get the house. Hopefully it's just me, but I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then entered the most confusing day of my life where I didn't know what to root for. I'm like, I really want my daughter to hear Jesus talk to her, but I really want the house. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> right? Uh, anyway, a week later, we found out the house did not have a foundation. Slight problem, no footing under the foundation, which is a $60,000 experience in itself. So, uh, that's a message in itself. We'll preach that next week about building your life on a strong foundation. But, um, you know, it was an amazing experience walking through that with my daughter who is seeking God on behalf of our family, shared with me what she felt God had said, and sure enough, 
That was a word from God for us. Then I come to my friends, the pastors, and we're hanging out, and I share that with them. And Robert, my friend, our pastor says, and this is great because it helped form something in my family. He said, Jason, uh, I can't quote it perfectly, but it was something along the lines of, wouldn't you rather have a foundation of Jesus speaking to your daughter than a house with a foundation that will crumble and fade away one day? Amen? That's good stuff. And, you know, it's only through friendships that I get this kind of good stuff. I couldn't have come up with that one on my own. That was good. But it actually formed something. Hannah and I talk about it because I was like, that's such a great statement over our family. Like, that is what we care about the most. We want our kids to know Jesus, hear his voice. I would much rather have my daughter hear Jesus' voice than have a house. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, friendships and advice. You know, a pastor used to say to me all the time, he said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And if you want to think about the dreams you have and who you want to become and, and the direction your life is heading, you need to look at the friends you have around you and see if they're helping you get there or not. Because whether you like it or not, the people you surrounded yourself with, you will become more like them. It rubs off on you. It just happens. Um, uh, I'm, so, I'm so blessed because as I think about our, our pastor's team, you know, we're, we're friends together. And I was thinking about what a great spot I'm at in life right now because I'm surrounded with friends uh, who will change my life. And as I thought through each of them, I thought, wow, what if some of this rubs off on me, all right? What if I, have, what if I get some of that faith like Robert rubbing off on me? Because Robert has great faith. I don't know if you know our pastor too well, but his great faith, very optimistic, sees over hurdles. It's his natural default position is just to see the faith side of things. What if that can rub off on me? What if, what if uh, the, the, the faithfulness to just pursue and disciple people on Joel Sanders, our youth pastor, rubs off on me a little bit? That would be nice. You know, what if Stephen Goley's vulnerability and openness rubbed off on me? That would be helpful. <laughs> right, bro? Because I'm not naturally open, you know. But man, being around open people is good for me. Uh, you know, listening to God, God's voice like Kendall. I'd like that to rub off on me. You know, just hearing God's voice, seeking that out every day. Uh, you know, Steve Herman loving every individual like he does. Man, he just pursues each person like a madman. Got a whole black book full of names. Awesome. You know, being optimistic like Kelly Braswell, that's another goal in my life. You guys just happy and, and positive, always. You know, letting that rub off. Uh, you know, loving and encouraging people like Jeff Bianchi. You know, Jeff, that's rubbing off on me. I'm starting to encourage people more. Well, that's cool. It's awesome. Building community like Philip. Philip, our uh, young adults pastor, the guy's insane. You know, just building community, calling people into it, envisioning people. I'm like, I... If you want to know my future, it's looking good. I'll just tell you that. Why? Because I, what else is going to happen to me? I don't, I don't even have to try. Well, yeah, I do. But you really don't. It rubs off. When you're around that kind of stuff all the time, it rubs off on you. It changes you. You become like that which you're surrounded by. So, you know, let's expose ourselves a lot to those great things. And I just want to say, all people's church, we are so rich in relationship. So rich, you know, money comes and goes and stuff comes and goes, but we, we are always rich in relationship together. Like, 
you're so rich, and we forget it so often. You know, the, uh, an experience I had uh, as I wrap up uh, some years ago, there was these three, three freshman guys I'd been praying for and was trying to win to Christ and bring into our church. And uh, I picked up these three freshman guys from their dorm, brought them over to our house for dinner. And I had, you know, I was planning this to be a mega amazing evening with these guys. And so Hannah, my wife, she makes some dinner and she's good at making food. But tonight it wasn't that great, if I can just say. It was just spaghetti. All right, spaghetti, sauce from a can, it was okay. It was fine. But I'm sitting there the whole time they're eating thinking, man, what a letdown, you know, for these guys. I, was, I, I wanted to, like, feed them and be like, man, we have to come back. And so I'm thinking that. And then we decide, let's watch a movie. Uh, we choose a movie that none of us had seen. And it was lame. It was so boring. And I was just sitting there, you know, when you're hosting somebody and it's just not a good experience. You're just like, I was like sweating, like, oh, this is terrible, like, it's so boring, and the food wasn't that good, and my kids, like, crying over there, and this is not at all, I had envisioned this, like, we're gonna, they're gonna be weeping, and giving their lives to Jesus, and saying, we've never experienced anything like this before, uh, so, so we wrap up the evening, and they jump in my car, and I'm driving them back, immediately, when I get in the car, George from the back seat, he goes, Jason, that was the best food I've had in a year. He's like, I've been eating dorm food all year. That was so good, man. That sauce and the bread, and I want to come back. Can we come back? Can we have spaghetti next week? You know. <laughs> and and then he's and then he goes, uh, Jason, I've never seen a family like yours. It's like my dad wasn't around, so I've I've never seen like a couple inner like husband and wife actually being nice and kind to each other. I've never seen kids like cuddle up with their dad. Uh, you know, it kind of goes down this list, and it just struck me how, how much we forget how rich we are in relationship, and what we have in Christ is so different from what the world has. It is black and white different. It's, you know, it's an experience for people. Bringing people into relationship and friendship is what will save lives. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage you uh, to build uh, you know, you're, you are rich. You are rich. And so you're rich in relationship. Let's be generous with each other in relationship. Let's pursue relationship. And, you know, some of you here today are thinking, man, I would love to have a friend like you just described. And I just want to say thanks for saying that because um, I'll be your friend. Um, no, that was a, I will be your friend, but I would like to further point out that Jesus will be your friend. And, you know, Jesus is the ultimate friend, okay? And it's going to take us time to pursue relationship with people, but you can have, you know, Jesus deserves to be your best friend right now. Um, and some of you need to give your heart to Jesus today. He deserves to be your best friend. He already knows you better than anyone else does. He's done more for you than anyone else ever has. And he is always faithful, always there for you. If you're looking for a real friend, you need to start with Jesus Christ and then the rest will come. So, uh, you know, for those of you who cannot honestly say that you have experienced a relationship with Jesus, uh, I want to invite you to give him your heart today, invite him into your life, and not only will you have Jesus Christ, but then you become part of that mob that walked by right here, right? You become part of our family, and you get to that brotherhood and covenant relationship that we've been talking about. So let's stand up together.
just with our eyes closed, I would love to just ask those of you, if you know today you need to give your heart to Jesus, I know it's not an accident that God brought you here today, and I just want to make sure this moment doesn't go by without you having that chance to just take a moment and give Jesus your heart. Maybe you've walked away from Jesus, or maybe you just need to renew that covenant with Jesus Christ, but... I just want to invite you, if you feel that today you need to give your heart to Jesus, maybe for the first time, or you need to come back to Christ, with everybody's eyes closed, just as a prayer and as a statement to God, with everyone's eyes closed, can you just raise your hand up if that's you, if you know, you know what, today I need to give my heart to Jesus, I need to come back to Christ today. God bless you. Awesome. Anybody else you feel today I need to give my life to Jesus Christ? him into my heart. Just raise up your hand real quick. Awesome. Awesome. Grateful. Those of you who raised your hand, just uh, let's just pray this right now. Take a moment for you. And you can just repeat this after me in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart and I thank you that you forgive me of my sins today. God, I want to leave my old life behind. And I invite you into my heart and ask that you would save me I ask that you would take me by the hand and lead me forward every day of my life from this day forward. Jesus, I give you everything today. I pray that you come and grab a hold of me. And I ask you to be my friend, God, as we've talked about today. In Jesus' name, amen. That is awesome. Those of you who prayed that, just want to encourage you that God's, God hears your prayers. And we really want you to come in and be a part of our family, a part of our life groups, and want to walk through life with you. Um, I also just wanted to say, I felt I felt that God is just calling us to the next level in relationship together as a church. And so I just want to say, those of you in life groups, those of you leading life groups, can we really take advantage? You know, this Wednesday, is it Wednesday night? We have a community event. You know, why are we doing that? It's because we want everybody to be able to come together and, and form friendship and relationship and those who maybe maybe you haven't been a part of all peoples for long, we want you to come because that's why we're doing this, is that we can pursue these, these great relationships together. So, you know, church, can we all, can you raise your hand up? Let's do it. Raise your hand if you're in. Let's do this. Let's leave our hand up for a second and just pray. God, uh, I pray that you take me deeper in friendships. I pray that you lead me forward into great, deep relationships faith-filled friendships in Jesus' name. I pray that you just take all people's church to a new level, and I pray that you'd move powerfully through friendships and relationships this month in Jesus' name. I want to invite the prayer team to come forward, if that's okay. Come on forward, guys and girls. Um, And if you need prayer for anything, if you need a prayer for a miracle, healing in your body, uh, anything going on in your life, we really want to pray with you. Most specifically, as I've spoken today. If you feel, you know what? I really am looking for friendships that I don't have. I want more. I want more. I'm looking for somebody. Uh, come forward. We want to pray with you. Why pray alone when, we, when you could have friends praying with you, right? So let's put it into action. I want to invite you forward for prayer. Anybody that wants to come. Uh, so come on forward as we worship together.